Good morning, Ohio. James Lewis of this dream house, the show that is all about the house. Brought to you by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. Stop by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom and get the best deal in town. So our guest today, we're going to have Brett Tudor. But before we get to Brett, we want to give away concert tickets at tdhcincy at gmail.com. Once again, tdhcincy at gmail.com. Right into win concert tickets to Bogarts, to Louder Than Live, to all kinds of fun events, to iFly, and everything else in between. Brett, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So the way I understand it, I'm going to name off just a few of the things. Stuntman, EMT, uh, house flipper, home inspector, white water rafting, rock climbing, singer, songwriter, guitarist. And I know I'm missing a whole bunch. I was going to say between you and Roger Mooking, who was also on the show a while back, I don't think there's anything you two don't do. <laughs> Apparently, I don't, I don't do one thing at, at a time for very long. My mom is like, dude, just pick a job already. Why? It seems you're having way too much fun. I am. That's the problem. I'm having way too much fun. You're exactly right. So what are the benefits of being versatile in life? I think, uh, you know, people throw around the term, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. But I think the benefit of of having the privilege and opportunity to, to do multiple things and try new things is that, you're mastering yourself, um, you know, instead of just one trade, which I think is amazing. I, I love it when you find somebody who's been doing one trade for, for 60 years and um, passing down that knowledge. But uh, for me, I've always wanted to challenge myself personally, and, and that just took on different shapes and different forms from, you know, rafting to, to EMT stuff to carpentry stuff. And um, I, I think it's just great to challenge yourself and to throw yourself in the deep end and, and do things you – you don't know how to do. I think that's the only way to grow really is to go kind of be okay with failing a little bit and making mistakes. And, and that's, um, it seems really consistent with just how life works. You know, I agree with you. It seems to make life a lot more fun, makes it a lot more rewarding when you can try those new endeavors in life and really get those experiences that not everyone gets. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you meet a lot of amazing people, along the way and they see new places it's just uh you know I've, I've been very lucky so what was life like growing up in austin texas with your brother chase uh, it, <laughs> we grew up in a tiny little town just outside of austin and um we got in a lot of trouble there wasn't a lot to do there so we um got the cops called on us a few times and um you know when you grow up in a in a tiny little texas town you uh always seem to find a way to get in trouble, but it was really cool to uh, grow up near Austin because Austin's such a music town and it's, you know, the music capital city of the country. And I think that's one of the reasons that my brother and I just always had a, a passion for music. Uh, it's just because we were around such great music from an early age. Now, of course, I'm calling dibs on it before you actually do it. So that way I get a producer credit. Uh, based on your <laughs> stories of growing up, that needs to either be a book, a TV show, something, especially the uh, the donut story on the bridge. <laughs> how, how, how did you hear about that story? Oh, we do all the research. Shoot, we uh, yeah, we <laughs> love that one. Oh my gosh, that that is oh my god, funny. So yeah, we for those <laughs> for, for those who don't know we we uh 
it's a long story. I won't bore everybody to death, but we we locked uh, we we have this little bridge uh, in this town we grew up in, and it has these gates that they lock open uh, for when the when this little bridge it'll flood. It's right above a river, and if it floods, um, they'll lock these gates shut so cars can't drive over. We decided to cut those locks and to lock one of them. We called the cops on ourselves and left a box of donuts for the police officer. Cop drove in, and we locked him inside the gates on the bridge. And um, that one, that one, we got away with. The second time we tried to do it, we did not get away with it. But that's uh, that's incredible that you dug that up. Oh, def- uh, definitely. We do all the research, and we love uh, hearing the backgrounds of our guests. And of course, the thing I was really impressed with—you mentioned about. Uh, earlier about people doing jobs for a long time you apprenticed under a really great carpenter and a really great home inspector tell us about uh apprenticing under your grandfather yeah so my grandpa actually moved across the street from us when uh i was about probably 15 16 years old and he built his house uh directly across the street from me and then when he moved in he started a home inspection business and so that's how I started with all of that, is I would go over there and help him kind of be a carpentry assistant with him as he was framing the house and um, basically carrying sheets of plywood all around for him. And, um, and I loved it. I loved doing things with my hands. I just, I really, I, I really kind of took to it. And, and then he was doing home inspections, and all through high school, I was a, apprenticing basically under him. And by the time... I was at a high school. I could go do home inspections on my own. And so that was a huge privilege just to be able not only to learn carpentry, but, you know, all aspects of the house with home inspections from electrical to foundations to plumbing and, and, uh, and all that stuff. Your humanitarian relief trip in Kenya. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that, that was one of the most life-changing experiences of my entire life. Uh, without a doubt, I, I kind of remember that really clear. I was from 34 now. I was uh, 20 years old when I was living in Hawaii, and there was a group that was going over with a church to do some relief work in the Kibera slums of Kenya. And I had I had just really I had some carpentry experience, you know, but I wasn't really going to go do anything too objective looking back you know i was really young um but i was really excited to just go travel and to to see new places and and see how the rest of the world worked and um showing up in these slums in kibera it just you you know growing up in a small town of texas you, you just can't fathom the idea that there's kids out there who don't have their basic needs met you just assume somebody's doing something, you know, and, and you get over there and you realize how big and how complex these, these issues are from, from education to, to, uh, to some poverty situations to water and sanitation. Um, and it's just, uh, it can't, anybody who's been, you know, in a environment like that will tell you that it can't help but change you and it can't help but make you want to help out in any way that you can. And so I think that that really cracked my heart open. Um, trying to be a tough, tough 20 year old. I, uh, that one, uh, that one affected me forever. And I, and I think, uh, I think it would be amazing if, if, if everybody had the opportunity to, to experience that at least once just to see how, 
you know, you look at these people in the eye and, and you realize that you're the same and we're all the same ultimately. And, and that some people are just born into impossible situations and that we, that we can help. And, and, and the effort that you make does make a difference and that it doesn't take as much as you think, you know, a, a lot of these things, um, can really be changed. You, you don't, you know, you don't have to change the world, but you know, one person can change the world for another person. And I just, uh, if everybody was, you know, leaning a little bit more that way, I think the world would be a better place. But, um, you know, sometimes you got to see it to, to really feel it. Is that where you learned about the, uh, rainwater systems? Not, no, that wasn't rainwater yet. We were working with, uh, with some orphanages and things like that. Um, the rainwater came later. I, I had, um, I had ended up taking some green building classes a few years down the road and I was learning about alternative energy, uh, in residential construction. And I really loved this rainwater concept where your water is not coming from plants in the city and being recycled and being, you know, treated with chemicals that it's just coming from the sky. And your home is an autonomous water source where you're collecting rainwater at your own home and filtering it at your own home and, and drinking it. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing more renewable than rain. So I, um, I've always just loved the concept of rainwater systems. That is awesome. So uh, how do you go into the Air Force to see the world and end up back home in Texas? <laughs> yeah, so, so like I said, I was living in Hawaii. Uh, for a couple years, I had gone to Africa with this group, and I had decided that I wanted to, I was kind of realizing I needed to do something. I needed to go to college, or I needed to get a job or something. And when I got back from Africa, I was like, I, I, I know I want to help people. I know that whatever I do, I want to be giving back in some way, serving in some way. And um, so I went to the military recruiters in Honolulu. And at this point, I mean, I'm so excited that I'm never going to have to frame another house in a Texas summer. I'm so excited. I'm going to be traveling the world. And, and so I remember I went into the, uh, all the branches, the Army, the Marine Corps, the Navy, the Air Force, Coast Guard. And uh, the Air Force was the right fit for me. And I, I enlisted. I passed this test for pararescue training. And the recruiter said, okay, you can pick these duty stations. And... Um, you know, being a naive young man, I thought that these were for sure going to happen, right? And so he says, I was like, you know, what are the options? And he says, well, uh, there's guys in, in, in Italy. There's a station in Okinawa, Japan. There's Anchorage, Alaska. There's Florida. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to be drinking wine with Italian girls in Rome, doing search and rescue. And then the next day I got stationed in San Antonio, Texas. Um and I was cleaning a toilet with a toothbrush. And I was like, this is it's a little different than the, the fantasy I had in my head. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, shoot, I had a uh, friend um, with a similar situation to yours where he ended up, uh, both him and his wife were from here in Kentucky. And they ended up going over to Hawaii to be stationed. But they didn't know each other before. They ended up meeting over there, falling in love. The way I understand it, you uh, ended up... Uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, kind of not, well, actually, I guess it's not a similar situation, but just a funny situation where you end up uh, with, where you don't expect you're going to end up. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I, you know, I thought I was going to 
it's funny, like, you know, and then I go to the Air Force, get in San Antonio, and I tore my Achilles tendon, and then, um, and then that changes. And it's, uh, that's been life. It's, like, it's one surprise after the other, and one thing leads to another. And, um, and I think that's, that's the thing, right, is if when those things happen, when those big changes happen, um, that they don't stop you. You know that that you that you learn and you keep moving, and then that way it can be a story about one thing led to another. Exactly. Instead of hey, this thing happened a decade ago, and and you're still whining about it. You know. Yeah, you know the you know just being able to serve and be able to help out people like that is just so awesome. How you were able to to do that in the Air Force. So, uh, which was harder, the uh, the carpentry school or the EMT school? Uh, EMT school, <laughs> for sure. There's not a whole lot of blood in carpentry school. Well, that's not true. I, uh, I cut the tip of my finger off one time. Um, uh, but I, I would say EMT school, I think just, I have just immense amount of respect, um, for those guys and those women, like it's what they do every day and, and what they see and what they deal with and, 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 and the, parts of themselves that they give uh, to be there for people uh, at their worst moment is, is incredible. It's such a special human to, to dedicate their lives to going into the worst scenarios and situations uh, in our societies, in our towns. And, and uh, it's just, I just, I, it's just incredible to me. There's people doing that right now, every day. And um, I just, I, I learned more from, I think, the people I was apprenticing under. And I never actually ended up working. I was going to try to be a firefighter after EMT school, and um, that didn't pan out. So I, uh, But I, God, I just have so much admiration for, for those men and women. Well, yeah. I mean, of course it didn't work out. 5,000 people in 11 spots. I mean, that's not good numbers. No, no. It was, uh, yeah, it was during the, that was during the recession. And I remember that we were... Yeah, it was something like they were hiring 11 people and 5,000 applicants. And, and uh, so it was uh, – It just, but it wasn't my path, you know. And uh, it's funny how, you know, at the time you think it's the end of the world, but you look back and it, sometimes uh, you think what's best at the time, is it? So how did you get involved with whitewater rafting and rock climbing? So I was – Flipping, I was renovating houses uh, in Austin, Texas, and I had a friend who was uh, volunteering at a at an organization in Central Oregon, and they would take out troubled youth and inner city kids and uh, different groups in um, Central Oregon. And I uh, I had the privilege of getting to go be a guy for uh, a couple years up there, and we take. We'd take youth out on, it was like a wilderness therapy program, and we'd take them out for one to three days out in the Oregon wilderness, rafting and rock climbing. And, and uh, it's just amazing watching a, a young kid who's been in an unhealthy home environment and down on himself and angry. And just by getting him out in nature or her out in nature, what nature can do, just, just being out in it. Um, and just the challenge of the, the elements and having to step up and having to overcome fears and developing that, that uh, just that sense of, uh, of being capable, you know, of being able to overcome things and, and to overcome fears. And, and, uh, and I think nature presents 
that as a metaphor for us is that when, when you can overcome those fears outside of yourself and you can overcome those fears inside of yourself, you know, you see these kids start to realize uh, that they, they can do anything. They, they can go back to their lives and, and they, can, um, they can change things from the inside out. And uh, it was a ton of fun. Um, that, was a, that was a great couple of years. What do you look for when you're flipping a house? Uh, what do I look for when I'm flipping a house, a cheap house? You want the, you got to buy it cheap. That's the whole thing. Um, as far as flipping goes, that, that's the that's the main part of the game is is getting it cheap. You know, because that's where your your margins are going to be when you go to sell it. So finding it cheap, and there's a lot of different strategies for doing that. And then just um, trying to find the, you know, the the smallest house in the neighborhood, trying to find the cheapest house in the neighborhood so that money that you do put in is going to be worth a little bit more when you add square footage and things like that. And then just being smart, you know, um, some people, they watch these TV shows and they want to flip houses and they go spend a ton of money on the design and, and uh, you can overshoot there a little bit. So you got to find uh, that balance of making it look pretty and and uh, getting things done right, and but, uh, but sometimes not, not spending too much money or making sure you spend enough money. So it's, uh, there's an art to it for sure. So, of course, we know you did the EMT school. Later on, I understand you become a doctor, a property doctor? <laughs> hey, a property doctor, not, no PhD. Um, a lot less education required. I, so I started a home inspection business uh, when I was 25, and um, with the business name is Property Doctors. Um, don't run up to me, you know, if you're if you got a skin rash or something, I, I can't help you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that business is still going. So what is it like to study under Mona Lee Foltz? <laughs> Mona Lee, that's the uh, – I had a friend want to take an acting class. And uh, long story short, I didn't want to do it. This was God, a decade ago. And um, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to be an actor. I had never met anybody like that. And uh, I – go to this class just to support my friend and I, I I don't want to sign up for the class and I don't want to do it and I thought it was kind of dumb and and uh, Mona Lee was the, the acting teacher for the class and she was a Juilliard actress she was uh, she was the mom in Dazed and Confused and a bunch of big films and and she was um, she did not lack personality I'll, I'll tell you that and I, I loved her to death she's uh She's a wonderful woman. She's an amazing artist. And she, uh, I wouldn't be probably talking to you had she not told me that I was uh, being a silly goose, uh, not wanting to get into the TV stuff. I didn't want to do it. And she she got me my first stunt job in exchange for me uh, refinishing her hardwood floors at her house. And that's what led to my first job as a stuntman. And, and that's the first gig I got in the entertainment business and it all kind of has been happening from there. So I, I owe her quite a bit. And the way I understand it, uh, being a stuntman can be a versatile job in itself. It can be anything from being blown up to playing golf. Yeah. When you say stuntman, people assume that you're getting blown out of a, you know, a 200 story foot skyscraper every time, but it's a lot of these, um, these films, you know, people don't realize that not every not every actor is allowed 
to do certain things. You know, there insurance policies and, and uh, there's time constraints and, and there's uh, financial obligations that if, you know, this main actor broke his arm, you know, you may be spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a day on this film and, and you're, you know, you can cost a lot of money if you, you hurt your, your actor. And, um, and so sometimes it's just as simple as running down a hallway. You know, sometimes it's just a time thing. They don't have time to shoot all these scenes with the main actors. So if there's one thing where, you know, the actors just running down a hallway uh, with their back turned, you know, they can they can do that for a lot less money by hiring some some dude like me who's happy to run down a hallway. But we've done everything from wreck a car to I've I've gotten blown up by the CIA in Cambodia, I've punched robots, I've fallen off a canoe. And then some was as simple as just uh, trying to make some some putts on a on a golf movie, and so you, you never know; it's it's always different. So, when did you pick up that first guitar? Ooh, fifteen, I think is my brother and I got our first guitars. I was about fifteen, yeah. So, uh, how often do the Tudor brothers uh, tour? You know, we're not touring right now. We're uh, we're focused on writing right now. So, we've been in Nashville quite a bit. Uh, recording an album, and and so we're hoping to get that done, and then um, we would love to tour once we once we get that done. But we got a we got a lot of work to do. But uh, I'm excited about what we're doing right now. So fun stuff to come. Just throwing this out there, they have a really fun event in September in Louisville. It's uh, called Hometown Rising. Really great uh, country uh, concerts. Last year was two days. This year might even be three days. Just saying, it's worth a shot. You should uh, you should uh, definitely check that out and be a part of it. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that sounds fun. I love Louisville. We were there um, filming an episode of uh, a, a Little Tykes toy show, and um, y'all y'all shared quite a bit of whiskey with me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, they actually that, that. that is the whole theme of the the three weekends because uh, one really? of them, it's, one of them is called Hometown Rising, which is a country concert fest sponsored by bourbon companies. Then the middle one is called Bourbon Fest or Bourbon and Beyond, which is sponsored by bourbon companies. And the third one is Louder Than Life, which is of course also sponsored by bourbon. So it's uh, basically a whole month of bourbon and music and it is phenomenal. That sounds like heaven. Oh, it is. It is great. And the neat, nice thing is they're one of our sponsors, so we have them on the show, and our uh, listeners can uh, win tickets. So, of course, uh, I want to know about the how personal the experience was with Flower Child. Oh, my gosh. I That was a big deal for me. That, so that's a song. I have it on Spotify right now, but my, I'd always written songs, and my brother just had the voice mm-hmm. you know he just always had a great voice he was born with a, some great pipes and and i just wasn't as much and and i but i just have such a love for music and, and songwriting but i was always really scared to, to sing my own songs and so i'd always write songs for him and flower child was the first time i was like you know what i'm writing this one i'm singing this one I'm going in the studio. I'm producing this one. This one's this one's for me. And, and uh, I was video. I was terrified. <laughs> it was uh, that was a deeply personal song for me, just because it was uh, it, it was it was my first time kind of taking the taking the lead start to finish.
So uh, where on uh, the social medias should they look for you? Uh, Instagram. I I'm, There's so many social platforms now. I, I can't keep up. So I just kind of stick to Instagram. Um, that's probably the best place to, to keep up with me and to communicate with me if, if you're wanting to. And, and I, I appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you, Brett. We greatly appreciate having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Are you looking to drive more traffic in your door? Are you looking to expand and open new stores? Do you have a hard time using your co-op or leveraging your vendors to drive new business into your business? If so, North Media is the advertising agency for you. We're a full-service advertising agency with a proven track record of success. Contact us today at northmedia.net for a free consultation. Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom is your kitchen appliance headquarters. Save 30 to 60% every day on everything from LG and GE to KitchenAid and Samsung. If you're considering upgrading your home appliances or mattresses, stop at any one of Appliance Factory of Mattress Kingdom locations. Plus, Mattress Kingdom inside Appliance Factory has largest Tempur-Pedic, Stearns & Foster, and Sealy Selection. Visit ApplianceFactory.com. Hometown Rising returns September 12th and 13th, Louisville, Kentucky, starring Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Dirk Bentley, Old Dominion, John Party, Chris Jansen, and many more. Passes as low as $35. Get your passes now at hometownrising.com. Hometown Rising, where Whiskey Row meets Music Row. Good morning, Ohio. James Lewis of This Dream House, the show that's all about the house. Joining us is Chris from iFly. Chris, I had an amazing experience up there at iFly a couple weeks ago. And you know what? I want to learn more. As an adult, is there a way for me to join a league or learn to uh, to fly on a more regular basis? There is. Uh, we have our adult league um, on Wednesday nights, uh, which starts at 6. Uh, then we also have uh, flight school, more so for the kids, on Thursdays and Sundays. Uh, both of those days, it starts at 6. Uh, again, it's a great way to get into the sport. Uh, if you want to just learn how to fly, I have a lot of people that come in and they just want to learn how to fly. Uh, then there's also people that uh, maybe have aspirations to get into skydiving. And this wind tunnel is a great tool to uh, improve and learn new skills uh, for skydiving. That is phenomenal. So with, say, with the school, uh, for example, uh, how many weeks does it typically run? How long are the classes? that kind of thing. So that really is depending on the person um, for how much time they want to do. Um, it's something that you can kind of come and go as you please. It's not like you have to buy for 12 weeks out or 13 weeks out, whatever. Uh, you can just, like, if you want to come this week and you're available, come on in. Uh, it's, it runs every week whether, uh, you know, we have 10 people or we have one person. Uh, we're here to do it. Um so that's pretty much how that works. So it sounds like it's nice and flexible. It is, yes. Uh, you know, you're not required to, you know, spend a, a bulk, a bunch of money up front or anything like that. Um, you know, like I said, you can just kind of come as as you please, um, you know, whatever works with your schedule. Um, you know, if you can't make it a week, no big deal. We're here the next week. Now, when you say league, that makes it sound like a competition, but I'm sure it's probably more relaxed and more uh, of a fun thing, I'm guessing. Yes. So uh, 
obviously we're still fairly new to the area, uh, so we would like to turn it into a little bit of a competition uh, down the road. Uh, but right now we're still kind of trying to build up the adult league and have like uh, a bunch of flyers where we actually could eventually have competitions and things like that. Ooh, sounds like fun. Yeah, because the way I understand it, uh, this is potentially going to be an Olympic sport. That's what I've heard, yes. Uh, I believe it's uh, in the next Summer Olympics, I think. Yeah, the next Summer Olympics. I'm sorry, I am not. I don't keep up to date on what my next Summer Olympics no are. No worries. Uh, yeah, but, they, uh, yeah, I believe it is going to be in the next Summer Olympics. Excellent. So the 2024, because, yeah, they got one coming up and I want to say june or july or something like that it's it sneaks up on you it's uh, one of those yes uh and they actually just recently had uh the uh nationals uh competition down in fort lauderdale oh wow and the way i understand it uh not fort lauderdale itself but uh florida is where the company is based out of uh actually that would be austin texas is where uh headquarters is oh okay I remember hearing something about Orlando being like one of the keys. So that was the original tunnel. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, that's that's something. where kind of the whole a whole thing originated, but the headquarters is in uh, Austin, Texas. Awesome. So, how do we join a league? How do we join classes? So really, you can just kind of come on in and check it out if you wanted to. Uh, you can call, make a reservation. Uh, if you want to just kind of come in on a night where it's going on, you're more than welcome to just kind of hang out and watch, um, kind of see what it, see what all kind of goes on with it, what goes into it. Uh, feel free to ask, you know, myself if you come in on Wednesdays. Uh, I'm the one that heads up the adult league on Wednesday nights. Uh, so feel free to come on in. I can answer any questions you have. Um, so, yeah, call online, make a reservation. Uh, anything like that, um, that's how you do it. Before we let you go, where on social media, where on the web should they check you all out at? Uh, you can check us out like on Facebook uh, at iFly uh, Cincinnati. Um, and then you can also go to iFlyWorld.com, and that's our kind of our, our overall website. Sounds great. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely.